0: Hello. Hello. Podcast Network Asia. One to two years is basic. Three, in my opinion, is the sweet spot. Why? Because there are things planted on your first year that will only bear fruit on the second and third year. Let me repeat that. There are things you have planted on your first year that will only bear fruit on the second and third year. And that is the wisdom you get from a long-term experience. We are here to answer questions and debunk job descriptions by interviewing professionals so we can put an end to our career search. This is Job Defined. We've all had our fair share of career fairs, and I've been on the listener side and I've been on the speaker side. And I remember I had this one particular experience that I'll never forget. It was during a talk uh, for a college and it was in a auditorium and there was a microphone in the middle during the Q&A segment. And I remember there was this one girl who slowly stood up and slowly went to the mic. It was obvious that she was nervous and it seemed like during that day she summoned all her courage just to ask me this question. Sir, I'm about to graduate and I want to know what do employers look for in an employee? And everybody was quiet. Everybody was waiting. The students, the teachers, even you, the listeners, you're waiting for my answer. And I did have an answer and I still do have an answer up to this day. And I remember I responded, I I slowly picked up the mic and I looked at her and I mentioned to her, before we ask what employers look for, let's rephrase that to what they look at. And what they look at is your ticket that will decide if they will look for you. That's basically your resume. Think of your resume as your ticket in the organization. The ticket is as important as the interview. Remember that. And I want to emphasize on what employers look at, whether they're the recruiter, the hiring manager, or the owner themselves. And I'd like to state this one particular study where they track the eye movements of the recruiters. I think this was by theladders.com. They wanted to see what recruiters look at when they look at the resume. And they were able to identify three particular points in your resume that they look at. The first one, obviously, the name. Second, work experience. Third, is your education. Now, notice that I didn't even mention career objectives. It's not a bad thing to have a career objective in your resume. But as a headhunter, I'll be honest with you, we don't really look at the career objectives. Why? because we sift out a lot of resumes every day, hundreds of resumes. So we don't really have the time, especially if most of our requirements is urgent. So we don't read your career objectives, but we do, in my experience, I can validate this particular study that we do look at these three things, your name, work experience, and education. Now, the first thing is name, right? Oh, and by the way, How long does it take for us to view all of this? The average time is six seconds. Six seconds to make a good impression. And you're not there in front of the recruiter. It's your resume. So in your resume, you gotta optimize it for six seconds. So let's start off with the first one, the name. Obviously, but the name will be more important once we've assessed you as a whole. Why? You'll know why after we discuss the other two. So let's jump off to the next one right away. The work experience. Basically the meat of the resume. We jump right into your previous job title. And if it's a match with the title we're looking for, we're going to look for patterns in your resume. And for example, if you've been into marketing, did you climb the ladder? Marketing assistant, marketing supervisor, marketing manager. Those are very important as well. Most of the times, this is very important for you to understand to the recruiters or to the employers who are listening. Most of the times, the quality of the job fit depends on the level of experience of the recruiter. They say that you are what you eat. It's the same with the recruiter. They are who they recruit. There might be some of you who has experienced that some recruiters are just asking basic questions. Tell me something about yourself. Why should we hire you? And the likes. And there are some experiences where you like the recruiter because they get you. They understand you because they have recruited the likes of you. They speak your language. That's why you like them. Sometimes these knowledgeable recruiters, you either like them or get intimidated because they know what you do as well. Now, The thing about job titles, sometimes it can screw your application. Like the word officer. Usually when the word officer, it's normally attributed to a supervisory level. Unless you attach the word chief something officer, then that's a totally different world. So going back to a plain officer, you might be seen as a supervisor, but there are officers out there report directly to the owners and therefore acting like managers. If the company is looking for a manager, but sees that you're an officer, then they might not get you. Sucks, right? Now, this is where it gets tricky. Sometimes, when a recruiter has already exhausted his talent pool, that initial six seconds I mentioned during the initial phase of us viewing your resume, it can get longer. Why? Because recruiters will dwell longer and give your resumes a second look. Then your odds get higher. These recruiters become more attentive, but some become too attentive that they ultimately end up with this practice. This practice is very important for you guys to understand because this is not just for recruiters, but it's also for job seekers. You only see what you want to see and only hear what you want to hear. Again, you only see what you want to see and only hear what you want to hear because you are at your limit. So you zoom in in whatever you see that is similar to the position you're looking for. Again, this is not just for recruiters. Also for the job seekers, sometimes you only see what you want to see and hear what you want to hear. You might be exhausted from all the applications you've sent and you just want to get a break. So whatever you can cling on to, when you see a job ad, you grab it, you focus on it, and then you fail to see the other factors. Now, let's go to tenure. One to two years is basic. Three, for me, in my opinion, is the sweet spot. Why? Especially if you are a manager. Because there are things planted on your first year that will only bear fruit on the second and third year. Let me repeat that. There are things you have planted on your first year that will only bear fruit on the second and third year. And that is the wisdom you get from a long-term experience. People are telling us, you got to have long-term experience. But what is the wisdom behind that? I just explained it to you. There's, you know, there are still more. They say that the best are in between the lines, but having an appreciation and being part of that long-term experience, seeing what you've planted grow. That is the wisdom behind that long-term experience. Now, what about five years and up? Five years and up, basically it's solid, but can backfire, especially if you held the same position for three to five years. Why? Because it seems like you have been stagnant. It can lead to a conclusion that it's like having one year of experience repeated five times. Having one year of experience, repeated five times. There seems to be no growth. That's just one perspective. But you can justify that based on your context. If your reason is glass ceiling, it's like you can no longer push up or move forward because you know the person ab- above you is not moving or they're not going to leave anytime soon, then definitely that's justifiable. What about your years of experience? I'm not talking about the 3 or 6 years but the years of experience that you put down in your resume or you write down in your resume. Let me give you an example. Don't simply put 2019 to 2020 in your resume. That only works if it's like a 5 years and above like 10 2010 to 2015. That works. But if it's just two consecutive years, it will only raise questions, guys. 2019 to 2020 can be like December 2019 to January 2020. It's like you are misleading me or misleading the one reading your resume. Come on. The probability of this working is low and will just make your resume questionable. You want your tenure to stand out? Here's a simple advice. I always found this really effective every time that I would give this advice to some of the job seekers. And they also, either they get a compliment from the recruiter or the owner or the hiring manager. And uh, the the common compliment was, it's nice, it's a nice touch. So what's this? My advice is instead of putting, for example, June 2018 to January 2021, add a parenthesis beside that, number or beside that tenure or, or timeline, the parenthesis after that with the exact years and month, let's say for example, two years and seven months. So imagine that June 2018 to January 21, parenthesis, two years, seven months, you will definitely catch any recruiter's attention and we'll even praise you for it. You know why? Because when we calibrate. With hiring managers or business owners, they would tell us, I want someone with three years of experience. And if I see in resume, three years of experience, we would definitely see that right away. And we will appreciate it. That's one simple way for you to stand out. Now, when it comes to your previous job, your previous job is as important as your current one because it shows us a pattern. A pattern of growth, which is always a big plus. And speaking of patterns, we can see if you are a jumper. What makes one a jumper? Basically, short stints. Now, I think most of us has been given this advice. Stay there for a year to get experience. Reasonable advice. But when you've had three consecutive one-year experiences, unfortunately, you can be seen as a jumper. And the longer you do that, the higher the probability of you being tagged as one, even if you stayed there for a year. The one year of experience is not the one in question here. Your capability to stay in a company in the long run, that is the one in question. So these are just some tips for you to highlight your work experiences and the dynamics of assessing your work experiences. Now let's get to the last one, which is education. Now, in my opinion, to me, an education is like a sandwich. We have two slices. The first one is our base bread or basically our undergrad. Once we graduate, we now have the meat or the spread in the middle, which is our work experiences. And the other slice of bread, the one on top, the one that sandwiches the middle, the middle part, is your continuing education. Your experience sits well in the middle. Because you have the base as your foundation and the top part is the one that validates your experience. One of the main values of continuing education course is that sometimes we don't know if we're doing the right thing at our jobs. And when we validate it through the course that we took, it gives us a certain level of confidence. We're going to be more confident in implementing this again because now we know that the thing that we did was right. Whether you were wrong or right, you will definitely learn when you take up some continuing education courses, such as an MBA or an executive course. Now let's talk about the MBA education. A lot of people take MBA for their growth. Some people also use their MBA as a leverage for their salary increase. Now using MBA as your salary increase is quite tricky. I remember when I took my MBA years ago, I did a talk for my grad school and I sent out a message and it kind of, well, it kind of pissed the other half of the crowd and the other crowd appreciated it because I remember I mentioned to them, if you are not in a position of power or influence or you don't have your own business, you're going to have a hard time with your MBA because think of your MBA like a check. You can put any amount there, a five-figure raise, a six-figure salary, a seven-figure business, or a 10-figure conglomerate. Whatever amount you put there, that is the value of your MBA. But if you cannot implement it, usually you need to be in a position of influence or power. Just like a check in six months' time, if you don't cash it, it's going to go stale. Try to remember things you've learned in elementary, like memorizing what is the city in this uh, particular province most of you won't be able to answer that because you've never really used it nothing wrong with that but my point is if you're not going to use your the the thing that you've learned it's all going to go to waste so the key here is apply it right away once you have applied what you've learned particularly in MBA, you applied it you got results positive results better Now you are a proven concept. Now you have a strong leverage when you negotiate for a higher salary because you are a proven concept. Now let's go back to the name. Now that we are interested in you because we saw your work experience, you have good tenure, you have a good pattern, and then we saw your education, it's aligned. and. You like growth, uh, you have continuing education to validate your work experience. We are definitely interested in you, so we want more. And in this digital age, more can be found on social media or Google. Whatever content you have on your profile, whether it's on Facebook, LinkedIn, we want it to further validate our assumptions of your persona. We want to know more about you Because we are interested. That's why your name is important. Because we can't search for you if we don't have your name. It becomes relevant the more relevant you become to the one looking. So to recap in six seconds, name, work, education. Don't just focus on what employers look for. Focus on what they look at. Your resume. Job Defined is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia. Check out all the shows in the network by visiting their socials at Podcast Network Asia or visiting their website at PodcastNetwork.Asia.